0: I met this gentleman uh, a few months ago at an event and he started telling me about how he buys and sells businesses and he has a lot of businesses that he owns and a lot of real estate and just doing a lot of cool stuff, man. So Abram, how are, how are you feeling, brother?
1: Yeah, I feel great. Thanks yeah. for having me. I started my first business when I was fifteen, so I'm mm-hmm. 48 now. So it's been a while. You have how
0: many businesses? I, yeah. Right
1: now, I oh. have a little bit over 30 businesses, but I've had like hundreds and hundreds of businesses since I was 15. You I, got them in Atlanta? I have two in Atlanta. What's the name of them? Uh, it's Barry the hatchet. I bought the shopping center, and yeah. when I bought the shopping center, I put like. Golly, you keep. You just keep yeah. stunting, bro. Like it's, it's like
0: crazy. Hold on.
1: So you bought it? You bought the shopping center? Yeah. I buy a lot of commercial to put my businesses in, and then I usually rent out the rest. So that that was how I did this one. In that one, I have an axe drawing location that I own. I have an arts and crafts studio that I own. I have some arts and crafts studios. And then I have a big uh, martial arts gym. So I have a whole bunch of martial arts gyms, and one of them is in that shopping center. How do you get the 500-and-something members i want to figure out what type of marketing i could do for gyms and i saw this guy called nobody knew who he was at the time called alex ramosi i saw him and like two or three other people trying to sell these gym programs to grow your gym and it was for class based gyms that had classes i was like all right cool we have classes so i bought his program this program works so well this is why he blew up it worked so well he had this like thing that he did that just brought everybody in yeah. what's the
0: thing that he was doing you said he did a special thing right, to bring the so, in the formula is if it's new unique it doesn't exist i'm okay going to build this yeah but otherwise you're looking at a business that makes money and you're like Yo, let me just buy
1: obviously i'm looking for business that's been around for a while yeah. second that's really really important is to buy a business that makes over 150000 a year in profit. If you're buying a business that's making less than that, it's just a crappy business. Like, you're buying a job, probably, because <laughs> you can't hire good people to run it. Yeah. There's not enough money there. So if the owner is the one that ran and did everything with the business, that is a big deterrent, and I usually very rarely will buy those. But for the most part, I want a business that I could just go in there, and I don't want to buy a job. I want yeah. to buy a cash-flowing business. For sure. What
0: do wealthy people know that poor people don't? Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We find dope people that did dope stuff, that have receipts, true success, building real wealth. And today is no different. I met this gentleman uh, a few months ago at an event, and he started telling me about how he buys and sells businesses. And he has a lot of businesses that he owns and a lot of real estate and just doing a lot of cool stuff, man. So, Abram, how, how are you feeling, brother?
1: Yeah, I feel great. Thanks
0: yeah. for having me. Oh, I'm happy to be here, man. Thank hey. you. I, this is my way of getting a free coaching session. This
1: is a dope <laughs> place, by the Try way. Trying
0: to keep it as clean as possible, eh, rick Yeah? Language-wise, if you dope. can't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just do your very best. Right. But I thank you. I appreciate it, man. Um yeah. We're just working. We're working, man. Trying to build true wealth and understand the stuff that I don't understand about business just yet. Yeah. Because there's a lot.
1: There is a lot. So, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. I, was been, I started my first business when I was 15, so I'm mm. 48 now. So it's been a while and just progressed over the years. Yeah. What was that first business? So my first business was sports cards. I was a big you know, uh, sports fan growing up, yeah. and I collected sports cards my whole life. And then luckily, a lot of the years I collected, the cards went up a lot in value. Mm. So then I started going to you know, baseball card shows and selling them, and it turned into like a big business. Big business, what do you mean? So I was 15 when I first started, and mm-hmm. you know, I was making a little bit of money when I was 15. But when I was 16, I started to drive and I got my license and I started going to more shows and I was making a thousand dollars a week. And then toward closer when I was 17, I started making, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand a week. And by the time I was like really 17, like uh, I was making a few thousand a week. 18, really? 19, 20. I was making crazy money. Yeah. And this is back in the early 90s.
0: At seventeen, what did your parents do? You also tell Doug he can come here too if he if he wants. Okay, but what like what did your
1: parents do? So I, w- I never lived with my I haven't lived with my parents for a long time. I uh, my parents got divorced when I was really young, like one years old, and I lived with my mom for a while. It didn't work out. I was I was a bad kid. I was a really bad kid, and I ended up moving to my dad's home, my dad's house when I was nine. Lived there for a couple of years. Kept getting in trouble. Didn't work out. And from there, you were bad at nine, dude. I was so bad. What I was were, you doing? I was so bad. Uh, you told me to keep it clean, so I can't tell you, but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, I mean, mostly I, I used to get in trouble in, in school. I was like the class clown. I would just, you know, get in fights with people and just like disturb class, like just, you know, make fun of the teacher, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But so I kept getting kicked out of school and I, I literally, from when I was like 11, 12 years old, I just moved into like a bunch of different foster family to foster family, ended up going to a boarding school yeah. and even got kicked. It was a boarding school for bad kids that were like, didn't behave in school that were in drugs. Although I never done drugs in my life or ever did anything with drugs, but like Mm. the school was for kids that had drug problems or misbehavior problems. And I was there. And at one point I got kicked out of there and went to like almost, almost like a prison for kids for like a month. Wow! And then I ended up coming back to that boarding school. But then I I, I ended up um, moving to a few other foster families And uh, eventually, when I was 15, I moved to Atlanta. That's how I came to Atlanta. And I live with my grandmother. She lived here. So I've been with her for many years and then, you know, bought my own place. Yeah. Do you remember what it was that made you act out like that? Attention. I just wanted attention. So I never had, like, you know, I never really had a good relationship with my parents. I never had any siblings. And the only thing I could think of is just, you know, attention. And uh, that was the only way I knew how to get it and... Uh, you know, this was funny to me. Yeah. Does, does it affect you
0: now in any way? Do you think like, do you see certain things about you? You're like, that's from the fact that I haven't had my parents around.
1: No, I mean, it's been so long, like probably back in my teenage years and my, maybe my early twenties, but I kind of grew out of it. You know, once you start mm-hmm. making money and you start having something to lose and you start, you know, then I met my wife when I was, um, you know, in my early twenties, mm-hmm. we've been together for shit since uh, 1997. So a oh, long wow. time. Yeah. We've been together a long time nice. and then we had kids and so, you know, your perspective change and you know, you have to behave because you have too much to lose and yeah. you, know, you gotta, you know, be, be good for your family, be good for all the, all the stuff that you've you know acquired and stuff.
0: What are, how many kids you got? Three. What are the, what are the lessons or things that you want to make sure you drive to them based on you're not having? You know what I mean? Because you didn't really have an, a model of, no. which which I don't know if that makes you a better or worse parent, like, because you didn't have something to follow. You're like, yeah. I want to make sure, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, even if you don't have anything to follow, you have tons of friends, you have tons of other people that you could look at mm-hmm. that you look up to and be like, man, I wish, you know, our family was like this, or, you yeah. know, they have a great family, let's be more like them. So you always mm-hmm. have, you know, people, like, obviously in the studio that you have Million people here. You look up to. Yeah. You probably this is who you looked up to for your business, for your podcast, for that type of stuff. But there's other people you look up to for your your family life, or your business life, or you know different things like that. So you know we all have that, and those are the people that you know I kind of tried to gear what you know I want my kids to be like, and stuff.
0: Yeah. You want your kids to be entrepreneurs,
1: or are they? I mean, so they're young. So my they're 15, 14, and 12. Um, I think they're gonna be because they see what I do, and they. They enjoy it to some degree, although they're a little bit too young to totally understand it. But when I ask them what they want to do, they're like, oh, I want to do business and real estate. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're not, like, super aggressive right now. Like, when I was their age, when I was 15, 14, and 12, I was so aggressive. Like, I would just do whatever I had to do to to make money or to get better, you know, better myself. Yeah. Um, they're like that a little bit, but nowhere near like I, like I was. But I guess most people aren't because, you know, I, I was kind of, I was a weird kid, so... <laughs>
0: I feel that. I want to get into some of the businesses that you have now. So You have how many businesses? Right
1: now I have a little bit over 30 businesses, but I've had like hundreds and hundreds of businesses since I was 15. So the ones I have now are different than the ones I had, you know, a decade, two decades ago. Mm -hmm. I I mostly have a lot of entertainment right now. And then uh, I have a decent amount of retail as well. A lot
0: of entertainment? What do you mean? Entertainment.
1: So I have axe drawing locations where you go and throw axes. It's, it's mm. kind of like, you know, darts, bowling, whatever, but throw axes. So I have. I think I've been. To, you ever been to one of those axe? Throw? You've seen it, though.
0: Yeah. You got them in Atlanta?
1: I have two in Atlanta. What's the name of them? Uh, it's Bury the Hatchet. Bury the Hatchet. So I, I have one in Sandy Springs on Roswell Road. And then I have one in Fourth Ward. You seen that one? So, okay. That's so the one has been there for a long time. Yeah. How long have you how long you've had it? Um, I had that one for in Sandy Springs for like almost six and a half years. I bought the shopping center. And yeah. when I bought the shopping center, I put like, three- golly,
0: you keep, you just keep yeah. stuttering, bro. Like, it's, it's like crazy. Hold on. So you bought it. You
1: bought the shopping center. Yeah. And uh, it's on Roswell road in Sandy Springs. It has five businesses there, but I put like three of them are mine. So I bought it. I buy a lot of commercial mm. to like you know, in good areas to put my businesses in. And then I usually rent out the rest. So that, that was how I did this one. I have three business. In that one, I have an axe drawing location that I own. I have an arts and crafts studio that I own. I have some arts and craft studios. And then I have a big uh, martial arts gym. So I have a whole bunch of martial arts gyms. And one of them is in that shopping center. Really? Yeah, I have them all over. Uh, so we have in Midtown... Sandy Springs. We have one in Chambly, like literally like less than a mile from here. It's on the corner of Peace uh, Peachtree industrial and um, long view, the martial arts studio. Yeah. 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 Team octopus. So um, it's, it's literally like not even a mile from here. Those make money. Yeah. I mean, so it's one of those things. Like if you do it right, it can make a lot of money, but most of them don't. But like the ones I do, you know, we run a certain way. So they, they do pretty good. But I, at one point had over 10 of them. Now I, I only have five. Uh, I sold the other ones off because it does take a lot of time. So, like, the ones that are, like, further away, I kind of got rid of and sold. But they still run, but somebody else owns them. But we, we own five. So we have one in Cartersville. Uh, we had one in Decula, Villarica, kind of all over.
0: Walk well, me through how that business makes money, the martial arts studio. It's, it's
1: membership. So basically, you our gyms are all class-based. You don't come in there and work out. If you do that, you yeah. go to LA Fitness or something, yeah. Crunch or whatever. But um, so we have classes. So we have... Jiu-jitsu classes, which is what I've been doing for over 12 years. Uh, We have Muay Thai classes, uh, cardio kickboxing, strength and conditioning, boxing. We have kids programs, uh, even karate programs for kids and and adults. And uh, everything is class-based. So people pay like 180 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. and then they can just come to unlimited amounts of classes. And we have classes from 6 in the morning all the way through like 8 at night. Hold on, one one hundred and eighty dollars
0: a month, mm-hmm. and they can come to any of the classes that you need? Oh
1: yeah, unlimited, as many as you want. We have classes every day, all throughout the whole day.
0: So how many how many people do you have, like on average, at a location?
1: So most of our most of our gyms right now have somewhere between you know, around five hundred to five hundred and seventy five members. What? But keep in mind, we have five classes going at the same time. Our average class might have twenty people in it. So we might have like, you know, 80 people at the gym at one time, but
0: literally. I'm sorry. You said five classes going on at one time.
1: Yeah. Because we have a jujitsu class, a Muay Thai class and a a cardio class. And they're going on simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Our locations are between 8,000 and 15,000 square feet. So we have designated areas for different classes. Golly. Yeah. It keeps you in shape. Like I was really fat before I started martial arts um, and since martial arts, I, I mean, I'm still kind of big, but, like, I'm not n- nearly as big as I was before.
0: All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm just over here counting your pockets, bro. So, yeah, so we
1: got so, so $180, guess, $180 a honest, membership. Some people right? like, that joined in the beginning, we, you know, the pricing was 120 140 150 We kept going up every year. So some people are grandfathered in from lower prices. But, yeah, we have five 550 people at a, at a gym and... um yeah, most of the gyms I actually own the shopping centers, so like, um, it's 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 so pretty good
0: in there. It's a million dollar business. Yeah, and you're paying yourself rent, so it's not like a yeah. That's in and we
1: make money on the rent. We make money on I um, the appreciation of the shopping centers. Like these shopping centers have gone up like some of them have doubled since I bought them. You know some have owned six years, some of owned ten years, some of owned four years, but like they've all gone up a lot. And um, we have. Most of the shopping centers I have, the tenants that I have, because it's not just my businesses, I have tenants. The tenants pay the whole mortgage and some. So, like, all my places, like, are basically free, you know? Yeah, that's smart. How,
0: did you, how do you get the 500 and
1: something members? I mean, that's a whole crazy story in, in itself. So, I've never owned gyms before, but I, I love doing martial arts. And a gym that I was working out at like seven, eight years ago, the one that actually is right by here, that's where I used to go Mm -hmm. in Shambly. Uh, The owner's like, man, I know you do a lot of business. I was thinking about opening up other locations because the original location was here in Shambly. He's like, why don't you, uh, you want to like help me find some locations to open up other business? I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll help you, you know, cool. And it it turned in from helping him to actually partnering with him. Um, And before you knew it, you know, I was going to be a 20% and a 30%. Now I'm when we opened up, we were 50, 50 partners on all these other locations. Wow. And instead of renting locations, I was like, let's just buy them. Cause he was renting this one. Yeah. And so I, I went and found like different places that he wanted to open. Sandy Springs was one of them. And we bought the shopping center and did he buy it with you or you bought? The so one? I bought it, but the deal I made with him was that he could buy into a small percent of it and he didn't have as much money to put down. So I lent him the money. For his percent for the down payment. And then every month he paid me back, you know, from the profits or from whatever other monies he was able to make. And then over like a two, three year period, he paid me all the money back, you know, plus interest. And now he owns um, actually 30% of the shopping center.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you lent him the money to pay you.
1: Yeah. I lent him the money because because I wanted to be um, I wanted to be partners with him in, in this gym. I thought it was cool. I've never done gyms. I've done all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff. So going back to the story of how this gym, so we, we so the Shembley one was always doing really well. He, he always was killing it. I looked yeah. at the numbers. Um, he wasn't charging enough for membership, so we, we raised it right away, and he was scared and thought we were going to lose a lot of members. We actually <laughs> have more members now at a higher price wow. than we did at, at a lower price. This is like seven years ago. When we did that, but this gym. So we opened these new gyms, and you know, I'm thinking we open a gym; it's gonna be great. You know, great facility. It's the nicest martial arts gym in in Georgia, mm-hmm. and we did everything like really high end, and um, we got like really good instructors. I was thinking, okay, we open it; people are just gonna come. You build it, they'll come, right? Yeah. No, no. So we literally for the first year it was like like just bleeding money. We were losing money. We were paying, you know, um, employees. We were doing all this expensive build out and we just weren't having enough members come in. So I was like, man, like I do good at every business. Like what the hell, you know, (laughs) the gym business is a totally different business. Yeah. So I was Googling like different things, looking on social media. I wanted to figure out what type of marketing I could do for gyms. And I saw this guy called nobody knew who he was at the time called Alex Ramosi.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, you know, I saw him and like two or three other people trying to sell these gym programs to grow your gym. And it was for class-based gyms. that had classes. I was like, all right, cool. We have classes. So I bought his program. And uh, so I met Alex Hermozzi back when we started that gym six years ago. Like, I was wow. one of his first people that bought his program, actually. Wow! And the, at the time, it was 16000 bucks to buy his program. You had to pay 1000 a week for 16 weeks. And Jeez. anyhow, this program worked so well. This is why he blew up. It worked so well. He had this, like, thing that he did that just brought everybody in. And uh, it worked so well that after the 16 weeks, you know, you're, you're done, but he had like an additional program you can buy, but you have to pay $800 a week, basically for a year. And after the year, you know, it, it also did well. I just extended it. I ended up paying him $150,000 for his program over, wow. over the two, three years I was in it. And then, then I got out because I kind of already knew everything he was yeah. doing and the market changed and he was really heavy on like Facebook ads. Yeah. And after a couple years in the Facebook ads didn't work as well. And then at that point, we kind of already knew what to do. But yeah, so I, I went to a whole lot of Alex Ramosi uh, gym lunch, uh you know, live events back. They were small back then. Nobody yeah. knew who he was. Like he blew up over the last few years. But I remember when, when I first met him, like he, he was homeless the year before I met him. Wow. Yeah. Him and Layla. Golly. Yeah. What's the thing that
0: he was doing? You said he did a special thing right, to bring him so in.
1: It was very controversial, actually.
0: There's a lot of things you can do with $500. I mean, you can have a night out with your significant other. You could buy some really expensive shoes. Well, really nice shoes are about double five hundred $500. Um, you could buy a course where you can learn something for $500. But I have something better for you to do with the $500. I wanna meet with you every single morning for the rest of your life. Well, maybe not the rest of your life, but every morning, Monday through Friday, For the rest of the year, I have information and game that have allowed me to build a successful business, a successful community and a successful life all the way around. But I want to share that with you. But the only way we can accomplish this is not me selling you a course, not me giving you a one-on-one consultation, because even with that, you'll get the information, but you'll need more. I want to meet with you every single morning. Now, would I meet with someone every morning for 500 bucks for a year? And the answer is yes. Actually, we've been doing this thing since 2017. We have what's called the morning meetup. Every single month, we have a theme, whether it's social media, whether it's motivation, whether it's strategy, whatever it is, we have a theme for the month. And every morning in that month, we have a conversation around that topic. And I am giving a wealth of knowledge, not only myself, but a lot of friends, a lot of people that you see on this podcast, they join every single week. So you need a community of people that you can grow with and you need a coach. I'm your coach. The Morning Meetup is your community. Go to themorningmeetup.com. It's $499 and I will meet you every single morning for an entire year. Give it a shot.
1: So basically what he did was he had this program that he would guarantee people to lose a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it was called a six-week challenge. It was you, You would come in and do a six-week challenge, but it was advertised as a free six-week challenge, to, and we'd give you meal preps, we would uh, put you on you know different workout plans to make sure you lost lost the weight. Mm. But when people came in, everyone thought it was free, because that's how it was, and it was free. Yeah. But the kicker was, it's only free if you do everything that we tell you, and you actually follow through. If you follow through with everything we tell you, you're going to lose the weight 100% yeah. because it's been proven. But everyone else has done it over yeah. all the different gyms I've done in the country. So the deal is, look, you got to pay $500 up front. Mm-hmm. It's a deposit. It's not really money we're keeping. As soon as you lose the weight, as long as you lose the weight within six weeks... You get the five hundred dollars back. So, but if we don't collect your money up front, you're not going to be motivated enough to do the workout, to do the That's diet, true. and you're just going to come and we're going to waste our time, and no one's going to get anywhere. We've tried it tons of times, That's doing true. it for free, free,
0: yeah,
1: and nobody is, nobody succeeds, not even one percent. But as soon as we start collecting the five hundred dollars up front, people bust their, uh, I can't say it, but great. they bust great. their, you know, stuff to to make sure that they. They get their five hundred dollars back, so they see a, You know, we've seen a lot of success, and you know, most people that um, that come in that pay the five hundred dollars actually lose the weight. And the reason why it's worth us doing it for free is because you're going to love our gym, you're going to meet all these different people, you're going to hit your success. We know that you're going to now join a membership yeah. and stay for a long time. You're going to tell your friends, and that's why we can do this for free. So that's kind of the the pitch. Mm. But when they come, um, they're all surprised about the five hundred dollars, but it makes sense, like. We have a whole sales team and the way that you explain it to them, like I sort of explained to you, but like not really hard, but just kind of briefly, it makes sense, right? Like you can't argue with it. And if people have different rebuttals, we have a rebuttal for every rebuttal that makes it make sense. But um, so that that was the thing. So it was controversial because it was advertised as totally free. And when people came in, yes, it was free, but you had to pay a deposit. Right. So that, that's what was real controversial. So a lot of people didn't like it. They were like, oh, I feel shady doing it, you know, bait and switch. But it was free. Like, anyone that hit the goals, you, you gave them their money back. That's a
0: lit little bait and switch, though.
1: So you can't be too mad Halfway through, though, three weeks in, part of the program was, and three weeks in, you would say, look, you know, you have to lose – 25 pounds, it was like 25 pounds you had to lose in six weeks, but everybody did it that followed. The, if you followed the you know, the no, diets, 25 pounds in six weeks, yeah. If you followed the diet though and you did the exercises, you would lose it because you know, you're eating healthy. Most of these people were way overweight, 25 pounds yeah. isn't that that hard, so I see. So, an, an anyway, um, so people would halfway in be like, Okay, we, we, we'd have another sit down talk with all the people, we're like, Look, you're doing it really good, we see you coming to the classes, uh, you're down you know, 10 pounds, you're halfway through, I'm I'm sure you're going to hit the 25, but just in case, you know, we don't want you to lose the $500 just in case you don't hit the 25. So we'll make you an offer that we will use your $500 toward a membership. And we'll just basically give you the $500 back right now, but just, you know, sign up for a year membership and we'll use that money toward your membership. Hmm. And that was kind of like the midterm pitch. So Hmm. then over half the people would be like, yeah, that's cool. Cause you know, and so they would, you wouldn't really give most anybody their money back because there were so many pitches in between to where if you use that (laughs) money toward other stuff it was very very rare that somebody actually went through the six weeks hit their goals and was like all right give me my money back it happened some but it was such a small percent because people are like well you know what like i love the gym it it changed my life it helped me like let's just keep going like use that money and you give people a discount to keep the money and do you know and Mm. pay more money to you know to keep it going that was that was like, it's I a lot actually. more to it, but that's kind of like the overview of of Alex Hermozzi's. That's how he became so big. So this is what's crazy. That worked so well because his Facebook ads were so good. He had right. incredible Facebook. This is before everyone was doing it. Mm. And um, eventually a lot of people complained to Facebook. Oh, it's a bait and switch. So like a lot of times you couldn't even post six week challenges anymore because mm. there were so many complaints. But um, But basically what happened was from, that was his only thing that he sold. Yeah. He ended up having hundreds of people, then thousands of people, then tens of thousands of people that joined this gym launch and everybody had their own like really cool uh, program that they did. Yeah. And Alex took every single person's program that that worked because these were like leaders in gym launch yeah. and made them part of gym launch. And people, you know, were fine with it because they wanted to look good in front of Alex Rosie. Sure. So like literally all the gym launch was like all the best gyms that joined gym launch would show all the different programs that they did that worked. And now instead of having just a six week challenge, there were so many other programs that everybody had. And uh, yeah, it wasn't even like Alex's or Layla's. It was pretty much all Alex. Layla didn't think of most of this stuff. She was more in the back end, but everyone kept giving stuff, and that's how gym launch grew and had all these different things because of all the people that were in there. Man, are you a part of that company? I'm not part of the company, but like I, I paid 150 thousand. Oh, all right, yeah, for so. sure. I
0: didn't know if you had some equity in there somewhere. No, no,
1: no, no, no. He sold the company for like a hundred million dollars or something crazy. <laughs> Goodness yeah. gracious, Alex. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. He's a,
1: he's a super smart guy. The guy like marketing and wow. speaking and talking. He's super super bright. But like he was homeless a year before that. Like literally, he lived incredible. in the gym. He, you know. He was a gym guy, like, you know, you see how muscular yeah. he is. He just cared about gyms and growing gyms, but, like, yeah, I mean, there's a whole story before that of what he did before he started gym launch yeah. to get other gym members growing, and then he finally hit, like, his thing. But, yeah, now, Got it, now he's going to be, like, crazy wealthy. Like, I don't even know how, yeah. many, how much yeah. money the guy's Out of have. control.
0: Yeah. So the, the axe-throwing business, was that something that you built or you bought it?
1: So that's why I started. So uh, it's way smarter to buy businesses that are already existing. But I have like this record of starting a lot of stuff as well. I I buy a lot of stuff and I start a lot of stuff. So it's way more risky to start stuff. Like no one should really do it. But the stuff that I. (laughs) No one should do it. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Like no matter what business you're starting, if it already exists, buy one that exists. Like it's crazy to start one. But the ones that I start don't exist. Mm. So like. Nobody had axe throwing when I started it in Atlanta. Like, the way I found it, I do a lot of research to find, like, really cool stuff, like, in other states, in other mm-hmm. countries, in other cities, and I'll go travel, look at it, or do a lot of research on it, and if I think it's going to be good, I bring it to Atlanta or wherever, because it doesn't mm. exist yet. Yeah. So those are the types of things that, that, I, um, that I bring here. But um, the axe throwing didn't exist, and, like, a lot of other businesses, the business that I made the most money on, I started, didn't exist. Um, the business I made the most money on made over a hundred million dollars in profit we did like half a billion dollars in sales but what over is that? a jewelry it's a gold business so we bought gold coins watches diamonds you know all, anything with jewelry or anything that really had value at one point we would buy we buy gold was that you I was the first one that ever did that in the country really first one yeah
0: bro it had to be let me think I had over 300 locations this had to be two thousand
1: 12, 13, no, way before that, so 2011 was our best year, no we started to like 2007, 8, 2007, 8 we were doing it, gosh, gotcha. okay, yeah, I'm, I'm
0: thinking of the time I was in the mall, I, I actually opened a kiosk in the mall 2012, what but mall? yeah,
1: I was in almost every mall, Uh Cumberland, yeah,
0: 2012,
1: yeah, so I was in Lennox Mall, I was in North, I mean I was in, I was in like most of them. all the Simon Malls for sure. But I was in all the malls. We had kiosks. But before we had malls, we did stores everywhere. So I had stores. At every single city, every exit, we had a store. What made you do that? Um, so we opened up. So again, a cool pawn it's shop. all about networking. Right. So yeah. the reason the way I got into the gold business, I have like a lot of friends that I've in a lot of different businesses with. And when When that business dies or we end up closing it or whatever, selling it, we stay in contact and we always tell somebody the next hot thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine was like, look, I am going to these hotel events, doing these uh, roadshow events. Mm -hmm. I would put an ad in the newspaper, tell everyone to come to this event. I would buy all their gold and other valuable stuff. And he's like, dude, you got to do it. And that was really making a lot of money doing another business yeah. at the time. I was like, all right, cool, cool. And I knew nothing about jewelry. I was like, cool. And he kept bugging me for like a week or two. And finally, I was like, all right. I flew in, and I flew over to where he was at to check out one of his road shows. And man, there were freaking lines. See, freaking lines. <laughs> You're doing out great. The, You're doing great. Out the, line, <laughs> out the door um, with people trying to sell their gold. Yeah. And then I saw the whole event. At the end of the day, he's like, you know how much... Um, Money i'm gonna make off this event today. I was like no explain it to me He's like you saw me people sold me gold. I was like, yeah, man Like over a hundred and some people sold you gold He's like, what do you think i'm paying? Like what percent do you think i'm paying of what i'm gonna get? I was like I don't know like 80 percent, 50 percent About 30 percent. He's like I just bought I just bought uh, like forty thousand dollars of gold today I'm gonna sell it for hundred and twenty thousand dollars on monday You made eighty thousand dollars today. He's like, yeah I was like, holy crap, like in one day. And he's like, dude, I do this every every weekend for like a few days.
0: Why did this become so popular? What, what was going
1: on? Oh, man, it was, it was the, everything lined up in, in the in the world. So in 2007-8, we started to hit a recession. Uh, e- people were losing their jobs, so everybody needed money. Yeah. Um, gold hit the all-time highs. Like every single month, gold hit a new all-time high. Like literally, it was like not even 250, 300 an ounce it went to like nine hundred an ounce like within a year. And then nine hundred, nine fifty, a 11 like by two thousand eleven it hit the highest ever at the time, which mm-hmm. was um, almost, you know, eighteen hundred whatever an ounce. Like right. keep in mind, like four years later it was two fifty an ounce. But why are people selling after it's- So the reason why people are selling is people need money. Yellow gold was starting to get outdated. Most people had yellow gold and a lot of people had broken gold and a lot a lot of, you know, people just had from the 80s, you know, yeah. gold was really cheap. So people were bought this.
0: Promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer. Okay. I'll see you at the summit.
1: and Don't forget to use promo code big deal. Oh, when it was only $200, $400 an ounce, yeah. they were able to sell it. Now it's $1,000, 1200 1500 right. an ounce. They were selling it for a third of what it was worth most of the time. And they, if they knew what they were doing, they could negotiate for a lot higher. But even a third of what it was worth was more than they paid for it because they bought it when it was so cheap. And it was outdated. Mm. It was broken. It was out of style. And everybody needed money. Yeah. And then... Um, oh, because of the, the recession. recession. Recession, everyone needed money. Yeah. And people wanted white gold or platinum at the time. <coughs> you know, people wanted to get really yellow. Yellow gold just wasn't cool. Yeah. And then on top of that, because of the recession... All, everyone lost their job. So, like, uh, we were able to hire the best employees for, like, way less than than they were really worth. Man. Because everyone needed a job. On top of that, we were able to get the absolute best locations, uh, you know, from all our landlords because, like, stores were just going empty. Yeah. So, like, we were able to negotiate the best deals on the best locations with the best, like, Leases with the best pricing with being able to get out if we need to mm. and everything just lined up like the gold yeah. pricing went up like crazy. Everyone needed money. It's just everything together uh, just worked out like unbelievable. Did so you,
0: did you think that was going to happen with the recession or are you hopeful not hopeful? Yeah, hopeful that yeah. it happens in the near future.
1: But this way I, I make tons of money when the economy is horrible and I make tons of money when the economy is great. So so. it really doesn't matter. Like I just do different strategies when the economy is bad. You know, you buy stuff off people you could buy, whether it's jewelry or whether it's property or whether it's Mm. whatever, you could buy stuff for pennies on the dollar because everybody needs to sell when the economy is really good. You can have all these businesses that people come in and you're packed and make a ton of money that way. So Mm. you just got to change your strategy of what businesses you're doing and, and you know, you can make money no matter what. But, um, that's kind of how the jewelry business. So I had that for about seven years, ended up selling it, uh, ended up like selling a lot of the best stores and closing it down because 2011 was the peak. Then 2012, 13, 14, it kept going down. I almost right. had it sold to a private equity firm, but like the numbers kept dropping. So like they end up, you know, backing out. Mm-hmm. But, um, It was a great business. When I first got into it, I thought I was going to make you know a million dollars, five million dollars. Never thought I was going to make a hundred million dollars. Like that's insane. You made a
0: hundred million million dollars. I was thinking you sold it. No, you're you're like profit over these this time frame. We we
1: did about we did about five hundred million dollars in sales. Goodness gracious! Yeah, half a billion bucks. It was was crazy. So, the the rest of the story. So the person that got me into again, it was just networking. Someone that was in other businesses, you know, that I did. in the past, mm-hmm. they just went to hotels and did these events, which right. was kind of cool. But I was like, man, you got to like advertise a new event every single day. It was like, this is like a lot of work and a lot yes. of money in advertising that's no good after that one day. Why don't we just open, why don't you try to open up a store, right? And just advertise the heck, heck of people to come <laughs> to that, to that location. Right. And um, that advertising is good for a long time because they could just come to the same location over yeah. and over. So... Um, I, I tried it. Yeah. I, I basically got stores, just put a table in there, and then advertised people to come bring their gold and uh it worked. And I had my first two locations were Sandy Springs and Buford, right across the yeah. street from Mall of Georgia, and right on Roswell Road by two eighty five. And like literally I, I spent like ten, fifteen thousand dollars building them out, which was basically nothing because yeah. I just wanted to test it. Dude, I made so much money the first month, like Fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 profit the first month that I opened up five more locations and then started like spending a little bit of money on build out, making them nicer. Yeah. And I went from, you know, five locations to 10 to 20. Eventually I had over 300 locations all over the country. I had over 85 locations just in Georgia. Man, goodness yeah. gracious.
0: Yeah. All right. So you built that business and yeah. you built the axe throwing business, even though... You got the concept from somewhere else.
1: I always get most of the concepts from other, other people, or other places. Sometimes yeah. other countries even. Yeah. But um, I change them a little bit. Sometimes I don't. But most of the time I change them some and just kind of, you know, tweak them. But, like, yeah, if you just totally do it with no, like, no one else doing it, then it's, then yeah. it's a lot more risky. Yeah. So, like, I just open a few other things that, like, didn't exi- exist that, um, I, you know, I took the ideas from other people. Like what? So I have a I have in by Mala, Georgia right now I just bought a shopping center. It's like on Mollow Georgia Boulevard across the street from the food court. Mm-hmm. And uh, I rent out a couple of spots and I have uh, a putt putt place in there. So it's it's like a high tech putt putt place mm. that has like um kitchen and tap walls and bar and all that. And um so there's this one company called putt um put shack. They have shitloads of oop all over the place. It's all good. <laughs> we'll
0: believe it. Be yourself, brother.
1: No, so they literally have locations all over the place. And, um, you know, I was actually going to open one before they started opening all the locations mm. before COVID. And right when COVID happened, like, no, people, I didn't know if people were ever going to be in, allowed to be in public again with people. like right. like, <laughs> like, the first few months, I don't even remember. But, like, <laughs> we are like, oh, crap, did, the like, the world just end? Like, are we ever going to be right. able to, like, shake hands with anyone again? Are we ever right. going to be able to be in the same room with someone that, you yeah. know? But anyhow, so every single thing that I was doing entertainment wise, like went to a complete halt. So I killed the idea. But then like a year or two later, we're like, all right, things are getting back to normal. So I opened it up. But at that point, Putt Shack already had a bunch of locations. So obviously we went there, checked it out. And we, you know, try to mimic them a bunch because their locations are packed, super busy. So we brought it to Buford and that's basically what it is. But it, it was, you know, we kind of had the idea, but then we were going to build it out a little bit differently. But then yeah. once we saw the Pachacs, we kind of like made it look even more like that, just because we knew how successful they were. Right. But and I have I have like escape rooms all over the place that I um, started back eight years ago, and really? I, I got that idea from someone that had one in another state. Like I was one of the first ones in Georgia to have them.
0: So uh, you have you have an escape room now?
1: Yeah. So I, I had sixteen. During COVID, during COVID, I gracious. sold, I sold most of them, but I, I, still have some. I sold all the ones in Georgia, like during COVID, a couple of years yeah. ago, but um, yeah, I, I probably still have maybe like four or five left that that I still own at least, maybe more than that. But we sold them for, you know, at the time during COVID, it was really risky to keep them. Like we had to, yeah. we couldn't run them. Everyone's in a, a small room together. I didn't know if that was even going to be a thing after COVID, yeah. so I was like worried it was going to. So I sold it pretty cheap. But the person I sold it to is doing really well right now. Yeah. Good for him. But um, yeah, it was, it was like I just wanted to get rid of some of this stuff because I, I I wanted to hedge my bet on yeah. some of the stuff I had.
0: Yeah. But, so when you. Escape Room, you built those or bought it? Th-
1: so I built most of them, but because I was one of the first ones to do it. Yeah. But like as it became more popular, I, I bought a few from other people. Gotcha. So
0: the formula is. If it's new, unique, it doesn't exist, I'm okay going to build this. Yeah. But otherwise, you're looking at a business that makes money, and you're like, Yo, let me just buy.
1: Yeah, so yeah. most of the businesses that I bought in the last few years have been existing businesses that I bought, that I saw the financials, I knew they were making money for the last 5, 10, 20, 30 years, yeah. and it's. I know that I could keep it, maintain it, or grow it, so it's just safer to buy those type of businesses. If you start one, you know, I think like, most businesses go out of business within the first year. Like Mm. it's very, it's very hard to have a business. And like, I think it's like 55% over the last year, people that started their business lost all their money and went out of business. 55% Mm. within 10 years. It's like 92, 93% of people go out of business. So all the businesses I'm buying have been around for 10 years, typically or longer. Once you hit that 10 year mark or even the five year mark, like you're pretty safe. Like you're gonna keep making money. But the first year, two years, three years, it's the odds of staying in business after that is very slim.
0: So you don't buy businesses that are under no. a certain amount of years. No, rate.
1: it's very rare that I'll buy a business that's been around for under ten years. Under five years for sure, but under ten years is even like you know, it's a little bit. You just gotta buy it. You gotta buy it for a pretty cheap price. Like once they've mm. been around for a while, then you could start paying a little bit more because you know that they're they're, they're a staple and they're gonna last.
0: I just I want to say hold on so. I got two proposals for people who want me to be involved in their business. Mm -hmm. And once the guy said, uh, he's like, you all they opened in 2020. I was like, "Mm." yeah, it's risky. Yeah. If it's
1: an industry you you know a whole lot about and it's something you're an expert in and something that you believe in and something, you know, you have all this data on for whatever. Then maybe it can make sense, but it's just risky compared to buying something that's been around for ten years. So.
0: Yeah. So, what are you looking for when you're looking to buy a business?
1: I look for a, a business that has been around for ten years, okay. or, or at least cl- as close as right, possible. Right. Some longevity in I, the same I, in
0: the same spot.
1: In the same spot is better, but it doesn't have to be if as long as they still have maintained, you know, the same business, you know, when yeah. they moved. But um, also, are you doing physical, digital? I, I do. I do mostly physical um but i'm i do a little bit of of the others yeah. uh mo- most people that do it on a bigger scale do mostly like e-commerce and digital mm-hmm. I, I just like you know i'm just comfortable doing what i do so mm-hmm. uh, you know i kind of look but i mean yeah you could do it either way uh but the businesses what, what was the last question so i know like where to so start.
0: Oh, so what are you looking for
1: obviously i'm looking for business that have been around for a while yep. second that's really really important is to buy a business
0: Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths
1: on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. That makes over 150000 a year in profit. If you're buying a business that's making less than that, it's just a crappy business. Like, you're buying a job, probably, because, <laughs> because you can't hire good people to run it. Yeah. There's not enough money there. So I'm looking for businesses that make at least $150,000 a year, um, up to, you know, millions of dollars a year. Yeah. Once, once they get to like more than like four or five million a year, I, I don't look at those as as much because then you're buying, you know, usually they have like a big corporate type, you know, you're not buying yeah. it from a person, you're buying it from a company that really, um, you know, has people they can sell to for a lot higher. Yeah. Once you get to like business that are making five million plus a year. They're not going to sell
0: it to you for a few hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, just they,
1: they could sell it to like different type of private equity groups for crazy multiples and stuff yeah. like that. So I look for, you know, businesses that make you know, 150,000 to four or five million a year profit. Mm. And the other thing that I look for is, and this is like one of the most important, crucial things for me, Mm. is that they have a business that already has a management team in place and employees in place. Like I never get rid of anyone unless they're a crappy employee that Mm. the owner tells me I need to get rid of. But for the most part, you don't get rid of anyone. Mm. Um, So if the owner is the one that ran and did everything with the business, that is a big deterrent. and I usually very rarely will buy those. I have exceptions, but for the most part, I want a business that I could just go in there, and I don't want to buy a job. I want yeah. to buy a cash flowing business. Sure. So the manager there is is really important that they have managers and all that stuff in place. Those are probably the three most important things. Right. However, you know, obviously there's there's other things that are, are important as well. Um, I look for a lot of businesses to see like how I could improve them, scale them, grow them, mm-hmm. add new locations, add different products, different things. My favorite business to buy by far are businesses that are similar to other businesses I already have. So I call them like bolt-ons. That makes sense. So bolt-ons? If I already, bolt-ons, yeah. So it's like, I already have this business. Now this is a competitor or, if, even if it's not a competitor, but it sells something that like all my customers in this business will need all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love buying those businesses because now, besides all the money they're making here, I could have all my customers buy their products. You know, so. Got it, got it. So, got stuff it. like that. Or, you know, I can get rid of a competitor. Um, I could lower all the costs, right? If I'm buying two like businesses, I could potentially, you know, share a location, get rid of the rent. I could, you know, get rid of the accounting because it's all one accounting. I get rid of this extra right. accounting, you know, I uh, get rid of the rent. Uh, sometimes you can get rid of some employees, although I like keeping all the employees, but like sometimes there's some that are not good and you can always get rid of them if you, um, you know, do that. But there's, uh, like you could literally like start buying stuff cheaper because now you're buying double the amount. So yeah. like your cost goes down. You could um, just do like cross sell to all the different customers. And now instead of having, you know, to spend tons of money on marketing to grow this business, you could literally double it overnight. Yeah. And when you're doubling it, you're really tripling and quadrupling it because besides doing what they're doing, you're going to be able to make this business do better. This business by cross, you know, selling and doing all this stuff. So that's my right. favorite type of business. Um, I, I've done that tons and tons of times. And that's the only time where I will actually buy businesses that aren't making a lot of money. Like mm-hmm. I only allows, I only buy businesses again like I said hundred fifty thousand or more profit So I'm only buying profitable businesses. I right. don't want to buy crap businesses with the exception if I'm buying a bolt-on. i bought lots of bolt-ons that the business is making, you know a lot less than what I would and I've even bought businesses that are breaking in or losing money, but only as bolt-ons because if what you're is buying, a bolt-on. A bolt on is when you're taking a business and adding it to your current business.
0: Got it. You made that up, or that's a that's no? It's a, it's a real a thing. thing. That's a thing. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's a real thing. Okay. Yeah. I I got it through the context clues, but I was I just wanted to be sure. Okay, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. But you're saying you'll take a business that's not profitable. Yeah. Because if you merge it with something else you have, then yeah. it creates a unique So situation. I
1: have a bunch of examples of different businesses I've done like that. So actually there's a business, so one of my gyms, right? I had I have a gym in Chambly mm-hmm. and I have a gym in Sandy Springs. So they're pretty close. But then there was a gym in Dunwoody, which is right in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, right by, right by it was in the same shopping center as at Walmart, if you know where the Walmart is and down the street from the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it was a very similar gym to my gyms, but it was losing money. Every single month. But it had like $60,000 worth of equipment. It had 350 members. And they were the same type of members that I would want. They do the same type of classes. So nobody nobody would buy this business. A business not making money is worthless. Like you could liquidate it and maybe sell the equipment. But if they have $60,000 worth of equipment, when you liquidate it, what is it worth? Half or less than half? Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: no one would buy this business. And plus they had this lease that was like crazy high. So because it was like, Five minutes from my Sandy Springs gym, five minutes right. from my Shamley gym, I worked a deal where I was able to buy it for really, really low mm-hmm. for the price of the equipment. And then I was able to take those members and disperse them and say, look, now you can come to all these other gyms. And um, I probably kept like 20%, 15% of the members mm-hmm. uh, the first year. And yeah. you know, I made all that money because I got rid of the rent, I got rid of most of their employees, I didn't have to keep the good coaches that wanted to come, went to Chambly or, yeah. or Sandy Springs, and literally got rid of 90% of their expenses, but kept all the the, the money coming in from the memberships, and then yeah. I had all this equipment. Yeah. So I was able to use some of the equipment that I needed and then sell all the rest and got most of my money back. So I basically, that was a way that you could buy a bad business, because you could mm. use it and take the good stuff and put it in other stuff. I was able to get rid of all their expenses basically.
0: Yeah. There's no way possible that you can run all these businesses by yourself. No. So do you have a? I'm sure you have a team, but what does this team look like?
1: Yeah, so I, I have a big team. Um, basically, I 100 percent couldn't run them by myself. I couldn't mm. even run probably one or two of them by myself because <laughs> I I am not like someone that likes to. I don't. I'm not really patient, yeah. uh, especially with people that are idiots. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mo- most people, most people around are just not super bright, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, but so, um, it's a
0: true that is a true statement. Yeah. Like, I, it's funny, but you think about like, most people are like super bright, like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're not going to create or
1: even comprehend maybe some yeah. of the things that you say. No, I mean. Yeah, the stuff that people do in their life when I look at it is, like, unbelievable. Like, wh- why would you do that? Like, how- that makes no sense. Like, that's why most people aren't aren't successful. Like, the people who are successful have more common sense. Like, people don't have common sense. So, I, I'm, so there's two types of people, like, the, in the world, right? There is someone that's the creative guy. And then there's someone that's, like, behind the scenes that keeps everything together. Yeah. You know, so... I'm definitely not the creative. I mean, I'm definitely the creative person. Like everything, yeah. every business I have, I'm the one that comes up with the idea. I'm, I love talking to people. I love negotiating with That's people. That's me, bro. That's I like, me. I love, like, the the challenge to, like, be able to make a deal happen. Yeah. But I don't like operating, and I don't like, you know, I, I hate paperwork. I hate, you know, yeah. being on the computer, just, you know, looking through different things and stuff. So, um, So my partners are the ones that do all that. So I find partners that are really good at the operations and really good at, at the systems cause I hate systems and I hate that stuff, yeah. but I'm really good at the other parts. So like together we work, like I couldn't do anything without them. Like I would yeah. be out of business in every business, but you know, they wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for me. So we work really well together. That's so I have right. like one or two partners that I partnered in tons of businesses with. And then, um, you know, we're partners in most businesses, but then I have a lot of other businesses that didn't make sense for them. And I found other operators, other people that, um, you know, I, I could partner with and, you know, if, if they do good, then we do more businesses together. If, if not, then, you know, then we go our own ways.
0: So you have one or two partners, meaning you don't partner on every business with
1: uh, every one. like 99% of the businesses I have, I partner with somebody, right? But I have like two main partners that I've probably partnered on 75% of my businesses with the other 25%. I might have like different partners with and, and some of the businesses I have, I might have like five partners on the same business and some businesses I only have one partner. Um, but right. it just depends. But I have like two main people that I'm partners with on, on most of my stuff. Got it. But, but some of the stuff I do, like but I'm just saying you don't do
0: me. them both at the same time. When I, when I say like uh, you got the one or two, so let's say Joe and Mary, is it like I got this one business, You know, I'm a partner with Mary on this one. Mm Or I got this other business, I'm a partner with Joe. Or do you just, hey guys, Joe and Mary, I got a business again that I want to collaborate with? Is it like that? Yeah, I
2: mean,
1: I always. Obviously the the people that I do the most stuff with, I always ask them ahead of time, this is something that you want to do. This is this something right. you want to take on? Sometimes they're not interested in it because it doesn't make enough money, or sometimes it's like an industry they don't care about about, or maybe they just don't have the time to put into it. Yeah. So they're like, look, I gotta pass on this one. But then I, you know, I have somebody else that I can go to. But you're gonna get it done regardless. I'm gonna get it done. Yeah. If I want it, I'm gonna get it done. But keep in mind most businesses that I buy already have all those people in place, the managers yeah. and all that stuff. I still need someone to manage them, which is my partner, Yeah. but I will figure out a way to, to make it happen. If the deal makes sense. Mm. So you make money from, all, well, I guess all 30 businesses aren't winning. Yeah. I mean, pretty much if they don't, I, I, I get rid of them. I mean, I'll sell them or close them down if they don't make money. Like who wants to keep a business that's not making money? That's you know how stressful that is. Yeah. I have no stress in my life. And that's because I don't have any businesses that lose money. I get rid of them. I would rather <laughs> shut a business down and
2: take whatever loss I have to take than mm-hmm. to keep losing
1: Money, I have to worry about it, like it's just not worth it. I've that's had right. it. now. If you ask me, have I had businesses that lose money? 100%. I've had yeah. tons of businesses that lose money for sure, but guess what? I don't keep them for long, <laughs> you know. Like, that's the thing. But, like, anyone that says they had businesses, a ton of businesses, and never had bad businesses is full yeah. of crap,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, you've been doing so
0: good today, bro.
1: <laughs> but, but honestly, I've had more probably bad businesses than good businesses, but it's like poker, you know, if you play poker. You could play poker and have the best hand 20% of the time yeah. and win all the money on the table. You, yeah. When you have the worst hand, you don't lose that much money. You get rid of it as fast as possible. When you have the like best it. hand, the best businesses, you take all the money from everybody. Yeah. So that, it's the same thing.
0: Let's let's get into the nuts and bolts of business. Yeah. So when, when you're operating a business, what is the difference between a successful business and one that's going to go under? And can you
1: recognize it immediately? Sometimes you can recognize it immediately, but sometimes it takes a little time. I mean, the, the things that's super important in having a successful business is, of course, having really good managers and really good customer yeah. service and then having good marketing and a good product. But if you don't have good marketing and you don't have good customer service, I don't see how any business could do good. You have to have both those. Is Are you the marketing guy? One of my partners is the marketing guy. I help a little bit with it, but I'm not like, that's not like my number one thing. My so number you, one thing is do? finding the stuff, being the creative person, figuring out how to grow it, uh, you know, negotiating it, working the best deal, yeah, you know, and and, and, and the vision of, of what should happen.
0: So visionary, um, you're, so you like Marcus Lamonis.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a visionary. I'm not an integrator. Like every business I have has an integrator. Like you're either an integrator or a visionary. I'm definitely not an integrator. If I was an integrator, is an integrator. Integrator is, is, is the business. Everyone that has a business has an integrator and a visionary. Okay. Sometimes you could be both for a smaller business, but mm-hmm. for a bigger business, there's always two separate people. So integrator is the one that puts all the stuff together. They're the ones that, you know, keep, keep, keep it together. They're the ones that are in charge of the employees. They're the ones that put all the um, systems in place. And without that, the business will fall apart. Yeah. Um, the visionary doesn't do any of that. They're not good at that stuff. They're yeah. too scatterbrained, right? And uh, they're, but they're the ones that come up with the ideas of how to grow the business, how to, how to make money for the business, how to do all that. Mm. So you need, you need both. And, you know, most people that you know are all visionaries because the visionaries are the ones that people see. They're the yeah. ones that, you know, are out there that put their name out there. And the, I would, I would think that integrators are more important, but nobody knows most of the integrators in most businesses because yeah. they're behind the scenes. Right. So like, you know, no matter what business that you like, I guarantee you, you know, the visionaries, but there's a good chance you don't even know who the integrators are, but they're just as important or probably more important to me.
0: So the other two partners, they're both
1: integrators. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. You so you have two visionaries, right? Like you could have two visionaries, but you need an integrator as well. Yeah. So, um,
0: seems like two visionaries, like there's. I got this big vision Mm -hmm. and so if you and I came together with a business, right, Mm -hmm. I've got this vision on how I think it should go. I could see the picture clearly. This is going to work and you obviously would have the same thing.
1: Not necessarily. So here's a good thing about two visionaries. Like you could tell me your awesome idea. And then I can be like, oh, you know what? I like that idea. But this is what I do a little bit different. And you would be like, you know what? I like that what you do different. Let's change it to this. And together, we'll come up with all these great ideas. Mm. And then we'll take the best of yours, the best of mine, and then put them together. And now we have this even better idea because I like of it. that. I like so it. like that So that's kind of what happens with two visionaries get together.
0: Yeah. Man, you are like building real wealth.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: When did you know you wanted to do that? And I the reason let me let me preface the question for some people that's out there. I remember wanting to build out my T shirt brand and I was like, man, if I could make a hundred thousand dollars, that'd be amazing. Two fifty, billionaire, right? That's a billionaire yeah. to me. Yeah. And, you know, something changed when I started to see different people that were like, When well, you're buying real estate and, you know, like I would automatically think let me go to a building and lease the building Mm -hmm. so that i can run this business but then i'm like well i run into somebody who owns a building so why not just own the building and the equity things of that nature right yeah but did you always see it this big like yo i'm just gonna buy the shopping center
1: hell no no so basically you know, from earlier, I told you, I, I live foster family, foster family, boarding yeah. school, foster family. I always had to listen to people. People always mm-hmm. had tell me what to do. And I hate that. I don't want people telling me what to do. Do you like people telling you what to do? No. No. Well, no. I hate it. I hate it. And I, But I, ha- I was forced to. I had to. And then once I started making a little bit of money when I was 15 and then a decent amount of money when I was 16, I didn't have to listen to people as much. Mm-hmm. Because I had my own money, which gave me my freedom. And yeah. I realized what I want is freedom to be able to do whatever I want. So... You know, from there, I had to go like you. I was like, all right, let me make my first half a million dollars. Let me mm. make my first million. I actually made and saved my first million dollars in my bank account when I was 19 years old. I had a million dollars saved. At 19? I had a million dollars saved. And this is back, this is back, a lot, you know, in the early 90s. So it was worth a lot more than a million today. But I had a million dollars saved in Dang. my bank account when I was 19 years How old. How do you know? I'm 48. You've been rich for a long time. Yeah, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, basically, I, you know, my goal when I was 15, 16 was to hit half a million. Then when I was like 17, 18, I was like, wait a second, half a million. That's I've already there. Like get to a million. When you're a million, you're a million. That's unbelievable. Right. But where did this come from? Like where it came from wanting freedom and didn't want people to tell me what to do. Like I was always a bad kid and I never liked, to, you know, people telling me what to do. I just did whatever I wanted. And that's why I got in trouble so much. Yeah. But I got in trouble because I was a kid. I'm like, you know what? if I was able to do whatever I want and not listen to people, um, and I didn't have to because I had the money so I didn't have to listen to people, mm. I wouldn't get in trouble as much. So <laughs> that's basically what What, what The logic it was. is crazy, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it all fits together. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, literally, you know, from there, I just started building wealth. You know, in my early 20s, like when I was 22, I bought my first property. And uh, from there, I just started buying tons of properties. Had to, You know, I, I have over a couple hundred rentals now. Mm. And, you know, I'm fixing, flipping hundreds of homes every single year. Hundreds. Yeah. So like in 2021, 22. Can I borrow a million dollars? Potentially. I do a lot of lending too. My interest rates are high though. I don't know if you like it, but uh,
0: but we'll talk,
1: you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: It's lit. Okay. You're right. You're right. Proceed. Proceed. Yeah. (laughs) What do you, Okay.
1: W- I'm a big lending company. I, I lend a lot of a lot of people money. On real estate? Ninety percent on real estate. It doesn't have to be real estate, but yeah, ninety ninety that's what makes the most sense. So I'm lending money to people for short term loans mm-hmm. that are fix and flipping. And they could afford really high interest rates because they're making a lot of money. So yeah. I you know, I'll underwrite the deal, make sure that they're buying it at a good price and you know it's worth more than what they're paying. When you said really high, what do you mean? What's a high interest rate? Eighteen to twenty four percent. Goodness gracious, visa? no but but it's short term so so let's say let's say someone's borrowing $100,000 from me mm-hmm. okay they're paying me let's say 18% but they only have the property for six months and they sell it mm-hmm. so on, on $100,000 they're paying me $9,000 for six months yeah they're making 30000 40000 on their flip they couldn't have bought it if I didn't lend them the money yeah, so what do they care sense. you know like now, if you're borrowing money because you need to live, because you need money for rent, you need money to, for food, you can't pay that because then yeah. you're just, you're always going in the hole. But if yeah. you're borrowing money for an investment that you're going to make more money on, mm-hmm. you could pay any amount of money you need to under what you're going to make.
0: Right.
1: If you're going to make 50%, you could pay 20%. Who cares? Would you ever invest in a personal brand? In a personal brand, I don't invest in, in stuff. I, I'll lend money on stuff if I think it's safe. I only invest in my own stuff. I, I don't invest in other people's stuff. It's super rare. Like uh, So
0: on one side is, I think the answer is no. But So for instance, let's say I have a, I have a podcast, right? And it's centered around me. And you're like, yo, this kid's got something special. I'm going to invest in that. Or kind of like the music industry, they'll say, well, this kid's talented. I'm going to invest in this person's career because I think you're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Would you ever put your money into a personal brand?
1: It's extremely rare. Now, if the, the way I would do it is if somebody already has built up a following and I could see, look, all right, they're going to do good and it's mm-hmm. more proven, yeah. then I, I would invest in that. So I have some friends that have like crazy monster YouTube channels mm-hmm. um, that are like million, millions of subscribers now. Um, I would definitely invest and pay them a certain amount of money for a certain percent and, and whatever, because I know it's only going to get better. It's only going to yeah, go up. For sure. But like if someone was like starting, no, I would never invest.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Nobody's that special. No, they used to do that back in the day, man. It takes no, some kids and talents it, yeah. It's
1: a big thing. Like you invest in a hundred people, two of them hit it. You make all your money back. Yeah. You lose on the ninety eight. It's just more stuff for me to think about, and yeah. it's just not worth the grief and have to keep track of stuff like that. I want like guaranteed stuff for the most yeah. part. Gotcha. Or what I think is guaranteed. You know, it's not always guaranteed. But. Gotcha. It, man, uh, when you're okay, now that it
0: paints a better picture of who your kids have in their house. Mm -hmm. So of course they do want to be entrepreneurs.
1: what do you want for them? I mean, I I just want them to be good people and and enjoy life. I mean, I don't really care if they do what I do or not. If they want to do it, you know, I'm going to show them how and and teach them. I teach everybody else and I've taught tons of people that are millionaires now that, you know, did a lot of stuff I taught them. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously um, we're going to teach them. I actually had kid classes for a couple years back in 2020, 21, 22. I, I made videos of it. But I would teach not only my kids, but a lot of their friends would come and I would teach everybody in a room Mm. about life. Like anything that you didn't learn in school, I would teach you. So like I I would teach people about collateral, you know, why you have to get collateral when you loan money. If you're going to loan, don't loan, you know, but I would teach them about like real estate. I teach them about business. I teach them about really all the stuff you don't learn in school. Um, that really makes people successful. They don't really teach you the stuff in school that, that, makes you successful like they don't yeah. teach you about real estate they don't teach you about business they don't teach you about common sense so i teach a lot of, a lot of his common sense stuff that i would teach him yeah um but
0: but yeah. you, you wouldn't be would you be disappointed like let's say your son works at i don't know wendy's and he's like dad this is all i want to do
1: hey look so the truth of the matter is this is and i this is something i, I tell people all the time as long as that's what's going to make them happy and they're truly happy then who cares like, all that really matters in life is to be happy. Ultimately, that's the only thing that matters in life. Right. So, like, every single thing that you do in life should be a direct result to make you happy. Like, no matter what. Like, you wouldn't do anything in life, or you shouldn't do anything in life. It's not going to ultimately make you happy. So, no matter what you do, I promise you it leads to happiness. Why do you go work out? You didn't like working out when you started working out. You worked out because you I don't work out at all. First off, yeah, but so. not you, but somebody else. Yeah. I knew you don't work out. I could tell. But I'm just saying, like <laughs> people that work out, like will I mean, they work out not because they enjoy it. I mean, for
0: your fruit snacks in the middle of our interview. I so. mean, that's how
1: I could tell. <laughs> what I'm saying is, they work out because that makes them feel better, because they you know stay in better shape, or because it leads it leads them to you know different things like that, which lead them to not get sick, which yeah. ultimately leads them to be happy. So, like, no matter what you do is, like, are you, work? do most people work because they enjoy working? No, they enjoy working because it gives them the money to be able to get what they want to get to make them happy. So, like, everything leads to happiness. Now, if you do something that ultimately doesn't lead to happiness, then you're an idiot. You shouldn't do it. Mm. What's your wife do? My wife helps me uh, keep organized in the office. And then she, you know, she kind of takes care of the kids mostly in, in the house and stuff. But she'll come in, like, a few hours a day and uh, help with like pay bills and keep different things organized. And, um, but really like, she's the one that takes the kids to school. Most of the time picks them up. I take one of the kids to school, but you know, it's because they're, the times don't work out. She can take everyone. How long are you married? We've been married for probably half the time we've been together, but we've been together since 1997. So we've been together. What is that now? Like 26 plus years. We've been together 26 years. And was it always easy to work with your wife? Yeah. We get along all the time. We've we've never really had any major arguments. Like you know, we ever we have arguments, but they're like BS arguments. You know, they're not like arguments that's like a big deal. Like they're they're stupid stuff. And like the the next day, like we don't even remember what those arguments were. They're they're silly. Really, swear, we've never really had a a bad argument that like was like you know major. She never
0: wanted to leave, or you never wanted to leave.
1: No, No, not nothing like that. Nothing even close.
0: How long you married? yeah Doug how long have you been married huh no, oh fiance okay yeah oh well
1: yeah you're almost there brother I mean you've gotta <laughs> I mean anytime that like anytime that like we get an argument and I start getting mad I just leave because I don't wanna I don't want to talk to you if I'm mad because nothing is gonna happen I, yeah. I, you know so I just leave so I, I learned when I was a little kid I was like had a really bad temper and if somebody like piss me off or mess with me. It was really bad. Mm. So like bad things happen. So like I just leave the situation cause it's better. And then you know, when I'm back calm, then we'll talk again. But that doesn't even really, that doesn't even really happen. Same apply in business. Yeah, of course. I mean the worst thing you could do is negotiate or talk to someone when you're mad. I mean, Oh my God, like the craziest stuff is going to happen. <laughs> like it's bad. Yeah. Are
0: you saying it from experience? Well,
1: not I. I've, I've probably I'm probably saying it from a little bit of experience of a few things that I've happened with mm-hmm. me, but mainly from seeing other people, like experience of seeing other people that do stupid stuff when they're mad and say stuff. That that's where I get most of it from. I, yeah. I see what happens, you know. Why do people fail, man? People if fail because they don't want something as bad as they think they want it. Like people will literally, I mean, this is crazy, but people will literally do whatever makes them happy today. That's gonna make them not happy down the road. Like, people eat like fruit snacks right now because because that's what's makes them enjoyable. I'm to get my sugar up man. Yeah. That's what's gonna make them enjoyable now. They don't care that like in five, ten years from now they're gonna have diabetes, obese, and all that stuff. They don't think about that. They just want the sugar now. I'm not gonna eat the other bag. But the people, the, the people that really care about long term, they they eat healthy. You know, they um, first of all, I don't eat as healthy as I should. So. Um, but in theory, people, why do people eat sugar? Why do people eat bad stuff for them? It's because it makes them feel so good now. And later on, that's going to make them feel bad. Mm. Why do people, you know, do all these different things? It's because it makes them feel good right now. So the people that are going to be the most successful are people that sacrifice what's going to make them feel good right now. Mm. That's going to make them super wealthy in the future, whether it's money, whether it's health, whether it's whatever it is, relationship. Yeah. But wealth could be any of that stuff. So those are the people. So most people cannot do that. It's just hard. You know, like it takes a lot for someone to give up everything that's going to make them feel good now because they know down the road that's what needs to happen. And and I think ninety some percent of people just can't do that. That's why they're not successful.
0: I think we can do it for a short period of time. Right. But Mm -hmm. eventually.
1: So I I was lucky to build that habit when I was young to mm -hmm. where I was able to, you know, when I was young, I never I didn't go out and party. I didn't do stupid stuff. Like, as far as, you know, I never done drugs. I never, you know, did things like that. And I invested all my money. I didn't spend it on, you know, the newest pair of shoes or the newest, Mm. you know, car. Or, you know, I didn't care about that stuff. But that's what helped me use all my money to invest. So later down the road, now I could do whatever I want. It doesn't even matter.
0: But very few people could do that. When you walked in here, I said, and this was no lie. I said it in my head. I was like, yo, any man that were... It's feet out, no socks and sandals in the wintertime. I want to do
2: that. My man, you just
0: chill. Like, every time I see you, just chilling, you kicking it. Bro,
1: I do events where I talk in front of over 1,000 people, and I wear flip-flops. People are like, dude, this homeless guy is coming on stage. What in the world? But, bro, these are $60 flip-flops. These aren't, like, any flip-flops. These are $60 (laughs)
2: flip-flops.
1: They're actually a gift. So I mean, these are expensive flip-flops, you know? So... um, (laughs) But but seriously, I don't care. I don't wear jewelry. I stuff doesn't doesn't excite me. Now, if it excited me, I I would get it. But it's uncomfortable, so I I get what you know. I enjoy.
0: So you try to only do things that make you happy.
1: Yeah. Now, if you come to my house, I have like the nicest house. It's like you know, super pimped out. Everything else, but like besides house, I don't really care about anything else. Yeah. What about your friends? Yeah. So my friends are all people that like the same stuff I like. So. My friends are either all other business people that, um, that have the same views as me, or a lot of my friends are people that are in the gym with me a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, that do martial arts. So almost all my friends are in martial arts or in, you know, the gym business or in the gym, you know, members at at the gym that I I get, become really good friends with or people that I do business with Mm -hmm. or people that work with me. Like, um, I become really good friends with a lot of people that, that work, uh, that work with me, you know, Mm -hmm. and and then they, you know, we kind of rub off on each other. Yeah. I
0: really want that other bag of fruit snacks, but I feel,
1: but do you want it? Like, you know, that's the thing you can, you can eat it now and you're going to feel really good. Yeah. But next week you're going to feel it. No, but you know, eventually nah. you will, if you keep eating it. <laughs> so do you have
0: friends that you came up with? Like where I'm talking about sandbox y'all 13, 14, 15, where you went separate paths. Obviously you're on a very high level of business. Do you have any of those friends around still? So
1: almost every single friend I had when I was young are, are gone out of my life. So like literally anyone that's not a super positive person, I get rid of them. Like I don't want to, like if someone that complains to me all the time or that ha- has problems, I, don't, I just don't want to, or, or just negative. Negative mm. is the worst. Like I get rid of all those people. Like I won't let somebody around me that's negative. Like forget about it. Mm. So. You know, any single time like somebody sees me, they're like, oh, how's it going today? I'm like, oh man, it's awesome. It's the best day. I, that's what, how I answer everything. I never yeah. say it's good or whatever. I always say, you know, how, how's it going today? It's unbelievable. It's a great day. Awesome day. Mm. Because now people want to be around you because you're so positive. Like it, it, it feeds. But if someone's like, eh, you know, I had a little issue earlier. I have to go this, that. Like, are you ever going to ask that person again? How, uh, how are you doing? Or oh, are you ever going to want to hang around those people? No, oh, of course. Like, I'm not, people don't ask you how you're doing today because they really care about how you're doing. It's just something that people say. And yeah. you've got to answer it in a way that they want to hear, a positive way to where you know, they could connect. And be. How many people ask you how you're doing today that really care about how you're doing? No, nah, it's a
0: formality, it's like, formality, right? Even like, so what's don't answer
1: up? it with a, with a oh man, you're not gonna believe it. I, my car, I had a flat tire, hey. Like, man, like, I got in a fight with my girlfriend. I like, don't answer it like that. Nobody cares, nobody wants to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, hey. they're just not gonna be friends with you anymore. They're not gonna ask you questions anymore, they're not gonna hang around you anymore. I need to be more intentional with my, like, how are you doing? Yeah, I answer stuff in the most positive. Ways where people are like, oh, man, I just enlightened their day. Even though I didn't really do anything. Yeah. Just being around people that are positive yeah. makes you feel good.
0: So you you release them out of your life?
1: 100%. They're gone. <sighs> what I, I don't even care. What I, I don't care to if they're like, family. It could be your parents. It could be your kids. I don't care. Like, they're gone. Really? Yeah, I would get rid of anyone like that. Yeah.
0: your child. They, you just grow up to be a negative
1: person. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fix them, but if you can't fix them, <laughs> you can't fix them, it's like at some point you can't you can only help somebody so much.
0: Doesn't low love like overcome that at some
1: point? But you're gonna love yourself less. You're gonna make everyone around you more miserable. Is it worth being around that one person that you, you love and that's gonna make your your mood and everything change to where now all the other people you love are gonna have a worse life because you're not gonna be as happy when you're around them?
0: That was a really good answer.
1: Yeah. Well, people always ask me this. People always ask me, um, they're like, how does your wife let you go out and do all this stuff? Like, you know, my wife's like, oh, I gotta, you know, spend a certain amount of time with me and I gotta do this. And like, we have these arguments all the time because I don't really get arguments with my wife. And they're like, how do you not get an argument? So 10, 20 years ago or 20 years ago, we used to get arguments. She's like, oh, you gotta spend more time with me. Like you're working too much or this or that. Everyone hears that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen ever anymore. It hasn't happened in a decade. And people were like, how in the world is that possible? I'm like, well, I, give my, I gave my wife a simple answer 10, 20 years ago. And f- ever since then, you know, it had to come up once or twice, but it doesn't come up anymore. So what, what the heck did you tell her? I said, I said, honey, I was like, look, I could definitely spend double or triple the amount of time with you. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. I'm not going to be as happy when I'm with you. So we're not going to have that quality time. Oh, I'm going to be with you. That's a bar. But you're going to make, I'm not going to be, You know, I'm going to be a little, bit, a little bit miserable because I'm not doing everything I need to do for myself to make myself this person that you think I am or that I am right now. But if, would you rather have 10 hours a week, I'm making up numbers, but would you yeah. rather have 10 hours a week with me that are like the best quality time that everything's unbelievable and like, we could do whatever we want, and we're super positive, happy, everything. Or do you want me to spend thirty hours a week with you, but it's like not quality time? It's gonna be miserable, and you know we're gonna fight a little bit of that time. And, and or would you rather never fight like we do and have ten unbelievable hours every single week? About and that and that's that was basically what I said. Ever since then, we haven't had any. You know, that never come up again I'm because under, it's a common sense answer. I'm, about to, sense I'm answer. about
0: to write this down because I'm.
1: I think I'm but say is that, that true or not? Is it true or not?
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. like one of the realest things I've ever heard. Yeah,
1: that is that is a that is a great way to frame it. Like, if you ever do podcasts for relationships, I'll come back. I'll talk all about relationships. You're pretty good at it. I'm good at everything, except for except for like you know the stuff that's not visionary. I'm good at everything visionary. Hmm. But which is only like a small percent of stuff. I'm actually I'm actually not good at most stuff. Right. But anything like When it comes to common sense, when it comes to, forget common sense, when it comes to thinking of solutions, I'm really good at solutions. Mm -hmm. So, any type of problem that anybody has, I don't care what the problem is, even if I know nothing about it, I could come up with great solutions. And Mm -hmm. and that's that's the solution I came up with, with why she never asked me to spend more time with her anymore,
2: because she Mm -hmm. knows I
1: won't be happy, as happy as I would if um, I spent the time that, like look, I definitely want to spend time with everyone, my kids, my my wife, but I want to spend, quality time the whole time i'm with them i don't want to you know spend time that i'm not happy the whole time with them
0: no nah, that's good that's good i like your philosophy on life man mm-hmm. does it ever stop the game of acquisition and acquiring
1: stuff do you ever see yourself sitting down one day no so i've never seen myself not being a, not wanting to do that because no matter where you're at you always want to feel like you're progressing and getting better. However, over the last year or two, I do see that, like, I'm okay with doing less now and maybe spending more time maybe with my kids or with my my wife or whatever else. Um, But I'm doing it because I want to do it, not because they want to do it, you know what I mean? So I I could see where, like, I've already got to a point where I don't know that I want to bring on too much more stuff at some point because I have enough stuff, everything's great, like, there's no reason to. But... I definitely will always want to be doing something to progress, you know, businesses, real estate, whatever it is at some point, just so you don't feel crappy about yourself. Like if you got to a point where you weren't bettering yourself, you just wouldn't feel good about yourself. But I wanted to just do everything as much as possible. I'm getting to a point now where I'm okay to just maybe just do a little bit more. That makes sense. And then eventually I can see where it, it gets less and less. What do wealthy people know that poor people don't. Well, we talked about it. Like you have to make sacrifices today to have everything that you want down the road. People can't do that. Like, people aren't good at that. It's hard, you know? It takes a lot of work. You know, people that go on diets, they do it because they know they want to be healthy later on. They want to be in good shape. It's hard. Most people can't do it. That's why most people yeah. are overweight. You know, saving money is another one. You know, people basically, literally, just, um, they can't do it. Like, they want to spend the money because they see something they want right now, and it's that instant gratification, you know, gratification so they can't wait. Um, and, and, and really... You know, it's the same thing with people that cheat, you know, like I, I've never cheated on you know, my wife or anything like that. Like we, we've we had great Me neither, relationships. brother. Yeah. We're here. But I, half the friends I know have cheated with their girlfriends, with their wives. Yeah. And why? Because they have that instant gratification. But, you know, down the road it messes up. It could mess up things, you know. So, like, um, people cheat. You know, pe- that's why people do that. You know, they don't realize that long term that, that's stupid, you know. You realize right. it later. But there's, there's a million examples. I just gave you a few, yeah. but like y- you see where I'm going.
0: Let me ask another question. What does a hundred million dollar entrepreneur know that a that a million dollar entrepreneur doesn't?
1: Yeah, it's, it's very different. So a million, if someone has a million dollars still has to work, still has to do stuff. Like a million dollars ain't gonna get you like that far in life. I mean, right now you need, I think you need at least 10, 10 million plus to be able to be somewhat okay. I mean, once you're at like 15, 20, I think you're, you're fine. But at a hundred, I mean, you could use the money to help so many other people that you can't do with a million. Like literally there's so many different things you can invest in uh, that you can't invest when you're a millionaire. So like you could invest in a lot more types of businesses, a lot more, uh, you know, real estate, but you could also invest in people more. You could help people that you couldn't help before. You you could spend more time and teach people different things that you couldn't do before because, you know, you could afford to have that time. but what is the difference in mindset? Like
0: I I make a couple million dollars, right? Yeah. Versus somebody who makes over a hundred million. I think someone that what makes, am I, missing?
1: I think someone that makes a million or two million knows that they're not set. So their mindset is look, I'm not there yet. Like I'm I'm on the way and I'm you know I ha- I see where I could get there, but I, I'm not there. Like I still have to, you know, do stuff for a while. Or once you get to a hundred million, you know, you could basically do whatever you want. Like there's yeah. nothing you ever have to do. You literally live a hundred percent exactly the way you want because you can. Like, but is
0: it, is that the same person in terms of, I'm trying to see what like am psychologically? I- psychologically? Ta- yeah, so talking to you and other people who like, um, I was interviewing a guy named Chris Lee who had like two nine figure exits mm-hmm. and I'm thinking I'm okay I'm okay and I understand business to a degree. But even when I talk to you all, you just see it from a different perspective. So I'm trying to see if you understand what I'm missing in the way I see things. The way I see the yeah. game.
1: Yeah. I mean once you get once you get to like a higher level and higher level and higher level, you could see all the stuff that other people can't see because you've you've been there. You know, you've yeah. been through all those things. So there, there's a lot of things that you can see you can see what's more important. What's not as important. It's hard to see that until you've been there. Yeah. I, I would say, but you know, um,
0: so I'm doing the right things. It's just I have to go experience the rest of it. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. you're definitely doing the right things. Uh, you know, and it's just a matter of just keep doing it until until you get there. And anyone that hits that million dollar mark could definitely get to the ten million. Definitely get you know past that. It's just a matter of time and how fast they'll get there and the best strategies to use to get there. Mm-hmm. But um, most people don't even get to. You know, where they really, they live in paycheck to paycheck, which is crazy. Mm. I don't understand. It's because they have no self-control, like we talked about.
0: Living paycheck to paycheck is a result of lack of self-control. A hundred percent.
1: So let me tell you why I say that. Um, First off, ever since I was like a little kid, like nine, 10, 11 years old, I I never had money. But like, you know, you'd get like a $5 birthday check or, you know, a dollar for losing a tooth or whatever it is. (laughs) Well, most kids would go out and spend it all. I always was like, look, I am going to save a percent of what I made. It doesn't matter what it is. So let's just pick 50%. So every single dollar I ever got, I put 50% aside and and then spent the, the rest. Really? I always did a percentage. And then when I started making money, every single money I made, I made a percent. So I don't care how much money you make or how little money you make. You could take 10%, 5%, 20%. Obviously, the more you make, you can make a higher percent. But don't live above your means. Again, people get a nicer apartment than they need to or a nicer house than they need to. It's because, again, they, it makes them happy today, but is that gonna make them happy 10, 20 years from now when they don't save as much as they can? So mm. I think anyone, even someone that makes minimum wage, could save some amount of money, and even if it's 5% of what they make. like There's always some amount of money that you're using for something that you don't have to use it for. And um, the good. reason why it's good, not just because you're saving money and you're making money and you're having that money later, but more important than that is it builds the best habit you can have, which is self-control.
0: Mm, and that's that's gonna that's
1: gonna change your life with money but it's gonna change your life with anything else you need self-control with whether it's eating you know sugar uh whether it's all right bro (laughs) but (laughs) but literally literally, i won't eat the fruit snacks bro some of the people that i had long talks with about you know they wanted to be you know more successful and make more money um a lot some of them are really overweight and i was really overweight at, at, at one point, I'm still overweight, but not as bad as I was. And I said, look, if you could get from 300 pounds to 200 pounds and you can do that, bro, like that is harder than making a million dollars. If you could do that, you could do anything. Mm. And, and I showed people how to do it and it's all about self-control. And once you are able to, to do that, you could do anything. So it's all about habits and learning how to sacrifice your instant gratification for gratification down the road, and I've I had a lot of people lose, you know, crazy amounts of weight, or you know, be able to save small amounts. Even though it didn't, in the scheme of things, the amount of money they were saving wasn't that good. But mm-hmm. if you do it for a year, two years, four years in a row, you're going to build these habits that are going to like make you crazy amounts of money down the road.
0: Well said. Last question for you, man. What do you see yourself accomplishing or being at in the next five years? Um, And the only reason I'm asking that is because I want to be able to watch this interview five years from today and say, Abraham said he was going to do that five years ago and look, he did it.
1: Yeah. So I've gotten to a point where I don't have like anything that I like trying to achieve anymore uh, besides just living life and enjoying life. So but honestly, I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more businesses. I'll have a lot bigger real estate portfolio. And in five years from now, my kids will be old enough to, you know, They'll be twenty in five years from now. They'll be twenty, nineteen, and seventeen. So definitely the twenty nineteen year old, you know, they'll be out of the house and you know have their own types of business or wherever mm-hmm. they're working or whatever. Um, so I I'd probably spend the next, you know, in the next five years, I would say making sure that they know where they want to do and help them get to where, where, where they want to be. Gotcha. And uh, that'll probably be my big thing in five years from now, like seeing where they're at and helping them get to where, where they want to be and. I think that'd be really cool to see them be successful on their own without my help. Yeah. But you know, guide them, guide them there.
0: But if they work at Burger King, you're cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's what's up, man. They're smiling. I think the I, whole would, time. I would, be, I would be smiling the whole time they're working. If they're not smiling the whole time they're working. Right. They're, if they're smiling the whole time they're working and enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would want, I think I would feel like what did I do to, and again, there's nothing wrong with, with, you know, the, the, the fast food industry or anything like that. But like, what did I do to not allow them to see bigger than that? You know what I mean? Like it's not about the money, but you can accomplish more.
1: You You could accomplish more, but you know what? If somebody only wants to accomplish that and that, and they're good with it, did they, so who's, who's, who has a better life? Someone that has a hundred million dollars, but it's always fighting with their spouse, not happy, not or someone that yeah. is working at Burger King and goes home has a great home life, is happy. You know who, who has a better life? Who's having a better mm. life? Who's more successful? Who has a more successful life?
0: The Burger King employee. Yeah, I would. I would say.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, like somebody like. I don't know, like Kanye, I don't look at
1: him as successful. He doesn't seem successful. Well, he's got like some mental issues, but I mean, he's successful. I like Kanye. Yeah, but, but like, a lot seem- of it is because he, he's got some mental issues for sure. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't seem happy. He doesn't seem happy, right. Some of it, he probably needs to be on some medications he's not on. Yeah. He probably could get happy. But,
0: but and maybe I'm coming from a different lens of. <laughs>
1: it's true. <laughs> yeah. I like Kanye though. Like, Kanye's a cool guy. Yeah.
0: I, just, I, I think I'm coming from a lens of not his coming mom. from a small town. <laughs> I remember not wanting much or even thinking that the world was bigger than this small town. Uh-huh. I just remember this is all that I wanted. What I wanted to do was to be cool with my friends.
1: And that's what everybody wants at some point, but every single month, every single year, what people want changed because they see stuff from a different perspective yeah. and they've hit what they needed to hit. Now they have a new goal. Yeah. Like if, you, if your goals don't change every month, every six months, every year, every yeah. few years, then that's strange, because everybody yeah. I know, it changes. Yeah,
0: that's real. Man, this was a good conversation, man. I'm glad. Thank you for coming by. Yeah. Thank you, because you've expanded my vision. I I should have been thinking, how can I buy this whole little this little subdivision
1: thing? Yeah, the whole block. Yeah. Yeah. Own Chambly, or Brookhaven, whatever this is. Yeah, is it Shambly, Chambly, or yes.
0: I got the one um, little, I, yeah, th- like buying the shopping center. I, I wouldn't have, like, if I saw one for sale, Yeah, I see, oh, I'd like to buy that. But you see who owns the rest of them.
1: Yeah, because, you know, you make money off the other people, which gives you everything for free, which gives you a way to make and do more stuff.
0: I'm going to the next level, man. Next time you see me, I'll yeah. be on the next level unless you see me tomorrow. All right. You know what I mean? I'm just going to try to hide from you for well, the, I'm the gonna next two years. I'm not going to
1: come
0: you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to hide from you for the next two years. Like a pop-up. Like, hey, man. yeah, I got a shop center. Thank you so much, man. Um, please uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. And uh, and then close us out with a word of wisdom.
1: Yeah. So the way to get a hold of me, I have a YouTube channel. It's Abraham Gray, G-R-A-Y. Uh, I post tons of stuff all the time. Instagram's Abraham Gray Official. Uh, Facebook, I'm on all the time. But um, if you're in Atlanta, Sandy Springs, um, always around, come to come my office, hang yeah. out. We, uh, I have people come by every week. We go through life. Sometimes it's real estate, sometimes it's business, but sometimes yeah. it's just problems in their life. Again, that's what I like to do. I like to solve problems. I love people giving me problems. Like the problems people like call me, and, and not problems complaining, but problems that they're like, oh, how do I solve this? I love mm-hmm. solving stuff. Yeah. So yeah, but that's, that's, that's me. That's how they get a hold of me. There it
0: is. Close out with a word of wisdom, yeah. Man, you a gave a whole wisdom. bunch of words of wisdom. But yeah, man, there
1: was so much One cool more. stuff. There's so much <laughs> cool stuff here. I would just say, as we talked about, figure out what's going to make you happy like in the long term and figure out what you got to do today to get there. And don't do what's going to make you happy today. Do what's going to make you happy for the long term. And if you could do that, like your whole life will change with everything, with your personal life, with business, with making money, with Health, I mean, everything. So that's, that's what I would say. If you talk to some of the most richest people on their deathbed, they'll basically say, Look, I should have done certain things that would have made me more healthy now or made me more, you know, have better relationships. I got divorced 20 times. I should have just done certain things, you know, back a long time ago. So, so from them, learn and, and do those things today. Are the things you're doing today going to be beneficial for you down the road?
0: well said man thank you so much for stopping by the Social Proof Podcast yep. um, do yourself a favor you all follow Abram just ch- check out all the stuff that he got going on man just follow his journey if you watch this interview send him a random DM anything that you learned In my, cash that, app,
1: my cash app it, no <laughs> <laughs> of a cash
0: app <laughs> oh but yes man um, make sure you follow him and also do yourself a favor go get you some Social Proof meaning go build something and build it really 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 big, but come back to your community and teach them how you did it. It's the only way our community grows. All right. We're out of here. Like subscribe. Peace. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now.